Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey guys, everyone. We're Blended Life. Uh, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie, and we're starting the podcast for the first time today. What's our topics about? Come on. Guilt, shame, Keep going. Come on. security, step parenting, grief. That's what we're talking about today. Okay. 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 All right. So, hey guys. Well, how was your 2021? Yeah, that's great. All right. We're on blended families topics, and where are we going to start? Okay, we're gonna, we had, we, uh, we, (laughs) I can't even talk right now here. All right, so, how to help your significant other not feel guilty for living with and seeing your kids more than their own? Is this one of our writers that contacted us? I can't can't exist in life right now. She is crying. All right. So, how to help your significant other feel guilty for living with seeing your kids more than their own? Are you kidding me, dude? We're literally gonna I'm have to really start over sorry. for the fourth time, you guys. No, I'm sorry. Here, I don't even here. know if the batteries are gonna make it through this. I'm here. Okay. Did you read the question? I read it twice. Okay. Do you guys need me to read it again? What are your thoughts? <laughs> no, this isn't about me. This is about you now. This isn't. This is not my topic. This is yours. This isn't my you topic. Wrote this. Yeah. I did not. Yeah. So this week we are we're taking questions from our audience. I'm so sorry. She's not. I'm not. This is the third time we started, you guys. Okay. All right. It's like if you're watching us live, it's eight o'clock. Twenty one. Half hour late. Twenty twenty great. <laughs> no, it's not. It's been one of those days, you guys. So, okay. So here, I we're going to talk about 2021 real quick. One, and our 14-year-old, Cole's like, you know, our 15-year-old, sorry, um, was like, you know what? I don't know why everyone's looking forward to 2021. It's going to be no different than 2020. And he's 100% right. Like, okay, so the date changed. It's not like everything just magically resets on the first of the, the year. So welcome to Blended Families, you guys. Yeah. All right. I'm back. Okay. I think okay. we'll go. All right. Um, yeah, so we had a woman write in, and she's just struggling with her husband because he has issues that he sees his stepkids and live like he lives with his stepkids full time and sees his stepkids daily, and he doesn't okay. see his own children full time and daily, and right. so there's this guilt that 
And I don't really think it's guilt, FYI. I think that's the wrong word. But that was the word she used, that he has this guilt that he sees his stepkids more than his own kids. I could, see, Yeah, I mean, I could see that being an issue. but Yeah, and I think that the why I say it's the wrong word is I don't think it's guilt. I think it's jealousy. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a hard place, you know. Is this his decision or is this their, like, what? what's the reason behind this? Do you know? It's just custody. You know, it's like she has full custody of her kids for whatever reason and he doesn't. Okay. Type of a thing. Okay. I didn't know? know if it was like maybe he didn't have any custody or he just had very partial custody or yeah. so it's actually he has probably normal 50-50, let's say. Yeah. And then she has full custody though. That's right. And so I think that he just, it's, um, and I, everyone, it, this was a, this was a blended life support group, um, question. And everyone was just like, see if you can get his kids more, see if he can see his kids more. And I think so, that it's so it so comes much- down to it where it's not even, it's not that it's just, she has hers more. And at the end of the day, it's like, if you've got them 50 50, like you almost don't want to screw with that because that is like the perfect mix. You know, it's the best for, for both worlds, especially for the kid. They have both parents at that point, you know, where it's, it's not his situation that needs to be fixed. It's something in her situation that, you know, isn't going according to. And I can't, plan, I, you know? Who knows? I feel horrible right now. I know she may have given a reason like someone had passed away or something like that. And it may not be a situation that can be fixed if okay. I'm remembering. Yeah. But <clears throat> that is a really, really good point is, you know, seeing it as a blessing that your kids have both parents, that they can see both parents, that they have access to both parents and relationships with both parents. I mean, that's ideal. That is that is healthy. It's really hard having full custody. And I know you and I have talked about this before. Like, neither one right. of us are super, like, we want full custody. I know I would never take my kids. I'll speak for myself. Like, I would never, ever take my kids away from their dad. They love their dad way too much. They're too it, happy in that It would home. have like, to be one of those situations <clears throat> where, like, they're in a toxic environment that something catastrophic has happened that they're just not safe anymore otherwise it's like you need to let your kids experience both families you know well, and both parents like um it's a as a woman who has daddy issues right it's a real thing and it affects just kidding i'll call you daddy later oh my gosh um but it affects your whole life it affects relationships your whole life and it's a lot of healing, you know, if it takes 40 years to get to a place where you need help, it, how long does it going to take to undo 40 years of pain? How long does it take to undo 40 years of hurt or 40 years of trauma or 40 years of whatever, you know, and that is what parents need to realize when you're raising these kids up in multiple homes, you know, and why it's important for healthy, good relationships to be fostered in each. And so maybe this is a, I didn't think of it like that, so I'm super glad you brought that up because that's a good thing to put in his court. You know, how blessed are your kids that they actually get to have both parents. Right. And a lot of life, you guys, is reframing. <clears throat> and this is something that we talk a lot about. And I'm going to school to be a health and life coach, right? I'm going to be dual certified in, in both. And this is something that we talk about quite often is just reframing circumstances. You know, somebody who thinks that they don't look good. Well, what if you look just fine? 
what if you looked great? Like, what if we change? What if we... Re- you look great, love. What if we reframe things? And I think that's really, really, really important that you can not... You need to, you need to re... Like, perspective is everything. And so I guess there's no better word than reframing it. But that's a really good, really good point. I told her that <clears throat> I'm going to get... Am I allowed to get personal... You do as personal as you want. Okay. You do you. Boo. Do you have a mirror? A mirror? Yeah, here. Ready and go. <laughs> uh, never mind. That was, never mind. So I, I told her that I kind of empathized with her husband because, and we've talked about this on our podcast quite often, like I would have feelings of <clears throat> like jealousy and like wishful thinking and like bitterness even because like you've always been super allowed to talk to your son and see your son even on not your days. You've always been able to have an open relationship right. with your child when he's not in your custody. Right. You've never been blocked from that. No. And so my situation is like I'd be over here missing my kids, especially when they were little. It's a little bit better now that they're older. But when my kids were super little, like three, my daughter was three, four, five, you know, um, and I wasn't allowed to talk to them. They weren't allowed to contact me at their dad's house. And that was really, really painful. Is that changing now? I I mean, now they both have cell phones. Is yeah. Getting a little more lenient and like whatever or. <laughs> I'm treading very lightly on that. I don't know yet. It's new. We'll see what happens. 2021 is a long year, you <laughs> TPD. guys. TPD. But I'm saying is like, I understand how it is to see your spouse have something you want so badly and you're, 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 you're hurting because you're missing your kids or you're hurting because you are unable to have that connection and you're watching your spouse be able to have it freely. And that's a really, it's really, really hard. It's really hard because you want your that you you want that for your spouse right like I never wanted Eric not to have that but it was hard not to be able to have that and watch him have it and I'm sure you can apply that feeling to all kinds of things you know childhood mostly (laughs) so um but I just told what I told her and what I would say if you find yourself in this situation is just if you if you are dealing with a spouse who's having a really hard time with guilt because they're around your kids more than their own. You know, I would just extend grace. The worst thing you can do in this situation is tell your spouse that they're wrong for feeling the way they feel or that they shouldn't feel the way they feel, right? Like you should not feel that way because of this. Sorry. And so um, I think that hurt wants to be acknowledged. And if he's feeling guilty, you know, I would allow him to work through that. You can't work through feelings for someone else. You can't make someone else feel differently. All you can do is be there as a support, you know, um, offer encouragement, maybe try to reframe things to be better. But sometimes that doesn't even help, right? Like if someone's really angry and they just want to be angry and you're trying to like cheer them up, they just are pissed even more. Yeah, it almost is like salt in the wound or sand in the vagina. Sand? Hey, that's a medical term. It's a medical term. Is this going to get us You can look that up in the dictionary. Oh my no, gosh. No, it's, it's a dictionary you word. You said vagina. Not a, you just did too. Penis. 
Okay. Anus, clitoris, all very scientific. All the isses. All the isses. Yeah. Okay. Ball sack. Scrotum. Come on. <laughs> all right. Oh, you're not playing anymore. Now he's getting frustrated. I'm bored Look, now. You're I'm not bored? frustrated. I'm bored. Well, how do you suggest? Podcast is boring. <laughs> no, kind of. Not. Okay. Well, what do you guys think? Leave no, why five, do you, leave a five star review if this podcast <laughs> is boring. Well, what do you? How do you? What What do you suggest? How she comes at this with her husband? I'm like, what? Is, what? Is, what? What's a wife supposed to do? Well, I think that this situation sounds a lot of out, like out of their control. You know, it's not something that they have. You know, it's not like she has her kids because she fought and won for the won them, and it was a situation where you know it was like a victorious thing like and that's not what we want at the end of the day we don't want victory over the other parent we at the end of the day we want victory for our kids and our family and and me personally I feel like that victory looks like kids having healthy homes healthy relationships if they have both sets of families and parents you know in their lives that that is what they need to keep healthy. You know, they want a healthy balance for their children at both homes. Yeah. Me personally, that's, that's my goal for, you know, a victory for our family. Yeah. The kids being happy and healthy, no matter what household they're in. Yeah. So, and maybe he just needs time and space to work through it. Also, I mean, you can't, you might need to see a counselor. You might need to have a place to vent and get through it. And I will tell you, it's really hard to be brutally honest with your spouse. How many of you can say you're brutally honest with your spouse and tell them everything? <laughs> We're both shaking our heads. No, no, you know, right. it's a, it's a hard place to get to. I mean, it's one of those things, especially in a blended family. I feel like the, those hard conversations where you are brutally honest hurt, hurt well, it hurts or, there's a lot of that eggshell walking, you know. You're like, ooh, I gotta find the right time to tell Julie this. <laughs> Otherwise, it could backfire on me. Yeah. I need to find her in the right mood. Am I ever in the right mood? No. No. So I just throw it at you <laughs> when I feel good about it. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's 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 hard to be honest and it's hard because everyone's offended about their kids. You know, or their intentions are in question. You know, everyone's very quick to be hurt and be, I don't know, just be defensive, right? Right. So. Yeah, and it's, you know, something, I feel like we work on that quite a bit, you and I. Um, I think we call each other out on it. Well, we call each other out on it. That's Every no, day. That's no doubt. But I also <laughs> feel times. like we're trying to get better at it. We're trying not to let things hurt our feelings or disrupt you and I as much anymore. And I've seen it a lot, a lot more probably over the last like four or five months. You know, it's getting, it's getting a little better. We're, we're not, we're not afraid to step on those eggshells quite as much anymore. You know, it's still not perfect, but we're getting a little better. Not perfect guys. Not, not even perfect. close to perfect. We're like <laughs> that two star review. How, how do you get to two stars? Anyways. All right. Moving on. Stepping in or stepping back when you feel like you're doing too much parenting in your stepkids lives, but also feel like if you don't, no one else will. How does, okay, so we're going to start with that. And then the follow-up question is going to be, how does not being an active parent affect your marriage? Because it does. You can't have a wonderful marriage and not 
respect the parenting that's going on with your spouse. Hairball. So we had a woman write in. It's always the women writing in. Not always, actually. That's a lie. A lot of guys write in, too. But basically, you know, she feels like her spouse, they have, they have ours kids. But How do you know she's a woman? Are you gender assuming? That's true. I don't know. This human wrote in and they said that she, <laughs> she, she's just a she. She's a he. He's a she. She's a he. She. Okay. What's so, that from? <clears throat> I don't remember. Don't work with mouths because I used to be one. Miss Doubtfire. Okay. Moving on. So she said that he said, I'm just kidding, but really she said. Gosh, this is going to get us a lot of one-star reviews. <laughs> Sorry for this podcast, you guys. <laughs> it started great. You chose to listen to it. <laughs> no, but basically she said that she feels like she has to do all the parenting because her husband just doesn't. But then she feels like she's overstepping boundaries. But if she doesn't, and I think the other parent too, like both parents are just kind of like whatever with the kids and she's the right. having to be the heavy because she has kids of her own. Mm-hmm. And so she's more like treating all the kids like they're her own, but it's creating like a resentfulness in her with her husband. Yeah. It needs to be talked about. And I get that um, because I'm very aware of that. I'm very conscientious of that, making sure that, um, you know, I'm not doing this situation, but it takes, it takes work to be like, all right, Am I pulling my own weight? Am I being a father? Am I being fair? Am I not being selfish? Am I being a good husband? And, you know, there's a lot of things that we need to be. And I'm not saying that's just from the man side, but the women, you know, the same way too. But I always am very, very aware to make sure, like, I am I'm pulling my weight. I'm making sure I'm, I'm overdoing things. I don't ever want it to get to a point to where you're like, man, this is... This is really a one-sided relationship, you know? Makes it hard. It does, and one-sided relationships don't usually work out. But what about parenting? What if it's the marriage is great, but it's just the parenting? Well, then that just, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a conversation that needs to happen, you know? It needs to be, hey, this is how I feel. I feel like we've talked about this before, you know? This is how I feel. This is what's happening. You know, not pointing fingers at, your spouse or um, what they're doing wrong, but telling them how it's affecting you, what's affecting you, you know, maybe having some situations or a conversation of how this can change, whatever, you know? Yeah. And I think that people really need to get crystal clear and specific on needs because I think we we, we all are really good on recognizing what bugs us, what's annoying to us, what frustrates us, what makes us angry, what we're stressed about, what creates anxiety, you know, all the things we don't like, we can define that shit all day long, right? We got lists, we got bullet points, we got fucking presentations happening. bad words in our, oh. You know, we, we got it, we have it laid out. What we're really pissed poor on is being really specific with what we need. You know, you lay all this shit on your spouse, Right. You spew out this negativity, how much you hate your life, how it just sucks and it's so hard and it's unfair and you're exhausted and, and, you know, all these things. But if you don't give a path of solution, I don't know what anyone's supposed to do with that. 
You know, it's, it's one thing to be unhappy. It's quite another to know how to fix that or what to do with that. And I think a lot of times men, especially they don't know what to do with women's feelings, right? You, you lay all this shit on them and their heads explode. Like they feel defeated. They do. They feel defeated. They feel helpless. They feel like, well, fuck, am I not doing enough? Like, right. Yeah. They don't know what to do with that. Like it does. It's not helpful. So I'm totally going to railroad you, I guess. Sorry. No, it's, it is what, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it just, it feels like when you're trying so hard and you might not even know that you're lacking somewhere unless there's that communication, but sometimes, you know, I'll be doing so much and I, I'm literally got a hundred, hundred sticks and a hundred fires and I'm, I'm trying to go a hundred miles an hour and I feel like everything's under control and you're like, yeah, but this isn't done. And it's like, dude. I've just spent so much time like doing anything and everything I can for this family. And it's all for what, like to forget something, you know, or not be doing something or not meeting an expectation or a need or, you know, and that's, you're right. It feels like a letdown. Yeah. And so I think that what men need and and women too, you know, we just are more intuitive, I think than men, but I think. 100%. Are you lying? No. But I think what men really could use in good communication skills, and women too, like, here's what I do need. Let's stop talking about what's not working, and let's talk about what what will work for me, what I need to be happy, what I need to be confident, what I need to feel safe and secure and supported. Like, these are the things I need. And if you can be super specific about your needs, I think that it's a, it's, it's a helpful tool and will actually take a man aback a minute. Like, Oh, okay. You know, like, uh, right. Do you feel like that would be helpful to have? Like, this is what I need. I mean, yeah, it's a grocery list. I mean, you know, if you can make, you like grocery lists. I know you hate them. I this fucking is, hate grocery wow. lists. We're really, I fucking we're, hate we're grocery just going to get shopping. kicked off the internet. You guys, <laughs> we're going to get put in a category. So explicit. <laughs> We're not even, we're going to be we're, like, we're, we're going to be there. So with, we're going to be right next to Howard Stern. This might actually work out in our favor. <laughs> yeah. We're so Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah, Your mouth is. Oh my gosh. But um, really. No, but really like a grocery list of things that you need, because if it's all spelled out for you at the end of the day, you can't be like, I never told you, you know, or you can't be, Hey, you never told me. I don't know this about you. You know, the more you put out there and the more that you're like, this is what I need. These are these are my needs. This is my grocery list. Check them off as you fulfill them. And if you don't, that's a choice. That's on you, buddy. That's right. Then you it's really Marcia, start to Marcia, know. Marcia. That's right. Then you really know if they love you. Yeah. And what they're choosing. Mm-hmm. She won't make me grocery lists. <laughs> but I think it's a conversation. You know, if you're feeling like you're, I mean, this, you know, the issue of fairness in blended families comes up daily. Um, it's usually like with the kids, you know, or we do fair with all four kids. Right. But I guess it also comes up in parenting too. And I don't even think you have to be a blended family for that. I know plenty of natural families who one parent feels like they're just doing everything right. Or good cop, bad cop. Like I'm always the heavy. I was talking with a friend about that today. Right. She's always the heavy, you know, and dad's always the fun 
like fun. We're the fun ones. They're the fun ones, and we we, we get the That's, bullshit. Why do you end think we're deemed Disneyland dads? Because we're the fun ones. I'm okay. You hate Disneyland though. I know. I love Disneyland. I can't wait till it opens up. <sighs> I have dreams. Anyways. Anyway, all right. How do you handle grief, given the fact that almost everyone in a blended family? Oh wait, wait, wait. Let's go backwards. I'm oh, sorry. Great. I did not do the second second part of question two, which is. <laughs> we need like the rewinding of the tape. How multiple does times. <laughs> how does not being an active parent affect your marriage? Being an active parent. How well, do, I think well, that yeah. you don't respect your spouse. Like it, it chips I don't know away if it'd at be respect. Not respecting your spouse, but oh. you kind of see it as like hmm, it's a down. It's a it's a little bit of a. It's a little bit of a degrade, right? A degrade? Yeah, it's a little, What's a degrade? It's a little degrading where you're like, ah, it's not it's not one of those things that you look up to, you know? Like if someone if someone's a deadbeat and that's going extreme, but you know, you're just like you want you want your spouse to look up to you. You want your children to look up to you. You want to meet and exceed expectations here. And if you're not doing that, I feel like wouldn't that kind of be a turnoff more than anything? Like, and I'm not talking sexually here. Oh, I'm, I am. I well, oh, th- I, I mean, am. that might be part of it, but wouldn't you? Wouldn't <laughs> that be like the lights just not as bright as I would hope it would be? Yeah, I think your spouse is a disappointment, and I do think that affects your attraction to them on every level. You know, when you're when your spouse is disappointing you or your spouse is like less of a man or a woman in your eyes because they're not living up to expectations. Or a non-assumed man or woman. Yeah. I think that it does affect your marriage and I think that that's why it's really important that you discuss needs in, even when it comes to parenting. You know, if the bio parent in the house is not stepping up in a way that you need them to because it... And I don't know, like, how would you come at it if I came to you? I'm trying to play this conversation out in my head as we're saying this, but, like, if a spouse came to another spouse and said, hey, like, your lack of parenting is affecting my attraction to you, not even sexually, just my attraction to you, wanting to be around you, respecting you, all the things, how would you, like, what... Well, is that, that a good conversation to no, have? I don't that, know. That's the eggshell, that's, that's the eggshell thing that we were talking about where you're like... Don't you be know, honest. You're, yeah, you don't. But you but, have but you need to. to. Yes, you need to have that conversation. And you maybe don't need to approach it the way that you just approached it. <laughs> he doesn't. Kind, okay. Because you're kind of abrasive. But. Dude, I was trying to help him with it. Okay, so he's like got this business email he has to write. And he's like, can I get, I'll have you read it. And I'm like, oh, like, why don't you just, I, I, I'm a good writer. You're a very good writer. So. Keep going. Keep going. So dot dot dot. I'm like, well, I'll just write it for you. Like, happy to do so. He's like, mm, no, you're abrasive. What the fuck does that I, mean? It was one of those emails. Do that, you like, really think that I I'm would trying be- to hang on to a client? You know, and the situation is, it could go either way. You know, I think it'll go in my favor. It should go in my favor. Everything is going all right in my favor so far. But there's there's this hurdle I need to. <laughs> overcome and i need to be you know kind of compassionate about it (laughs) do you not think i'm compassionate not when writing business emails i've worked in business with you and anyways i'm a great business person you are 
Yes, dear. Abrasive. Okay, so not like you wouldn't approach it like it affects your attraction to your partner. Um, no. Did you yes, say yes, those yes, yes, words? yes, yes. You can, but you need to be. You, if you're gonna hit someone like that, <laughs> you need to be a little bit more more calming and soothing. Like, <laughs> okay, go not on. that like, hey, you know, I'm not attracted as much to you because you're doing this. Like, hey, like it's you know, let them know. Like, this isn't. This isn't giving me the warm and fuzzies here. <laughs> you know, this is this is one of those things that it's the warm and I don't think this is good for you. And and the reason being is I don't think that if your kids see it like this, you know, this isn't what you want your kids to grow up at. Maybe you don't even make it about your spouse I'm in the like, first it's place. It's all about the kids. Maybe you don't make it about them. Maybe or maybe you make it like, hey, if you know, if flip the, flip the script, don't make it about your spouse, make it about like a life lesson and what kind of lessons do you want your kids to be, you know? And if you have daughters, you know, Hey, when, when they grow up, what, what kind of, what kind of man do you see little Susie with, you know, who's the right type of person for little Susie and have a, have your, have your spouse, your husband to describe oh, this perfect fuck. man for a little Susie and then be like, you're not that man. Yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe play it like that, you know? Hopefully she's a girl to marry a man like you. <laughs> like me? I swear I can work a computer. I've done it once. I gone done did it once. Dear God. I know. There's like, I don't know. Maybe instead of attraction, you say juices. Juices. Does it not? You do not get my... Juices yeah. flowing. Hi, AK. Thanks for joining us if you're still there. <laughs> I've seen her on for a long time here. They said hi. AK mm. said hi, and we had just have not acknowledged yet. But Sorry. And thank you for being with us, Jessica. <laughs> and if you guys are watching us live, I see there's a few of you right there. Say hi. We'll give you a shout out. <laughs> okay, next. Yeah, you can't be honest in marriage. That's what I'm <laughs> not learning. if you want it to work. Otherwise, you go down this road of little Susie and Johnny and the future father-in-law, and I'm so confused. And that's, maybe that's the point. You confuse your spouse so they just forget what you're talking about, and you just go on to the next thing. Yes, purple is pretty. All right. How do you handle grief given the fact that almost everyone in a blended family is there because they have experienced tremendous loss? How do you cope with grieving for your children and their loss too? I think that's what makes it worse. I think most people can deal with their own grief. I think a lot of people have a hard time when they see their kids grieving too. And that's just some special, that's some special shit. Yeah. Because it's it's one thing to have your own grief. To deal with your kids' grief is... And the thing is, is you can't deal with somebody else's grief. You can't fix somebody else's grief, even your children's, right? Like they have to walk that journey, not on their own as far as like no support, but they are only, they're the only ones that can work out their emotions. Like they need to feel, they need to get their feels out. They need to not be told how to feel. They need to be able to feel and understand their feelings because if you tell them, you know, you fell and you scraped your knee. You cannot cry because of that. Yeah. A kid's going to, I mean, eventually that type of stuff goes away. I mean, when I was a little kid, I fell and scraped my knee. I'd cry, you know? How often do I cry now? I was never told I couldn't cry as a kid. Five minutes ago. <laughs> Don't tell <laughs> everyone. The podcast. <laughs> um, hey, Ashley. How's it going, girl? Um, Yeah, I... 
that's a really important thing that I think you have to understand. Like Eric said, you've just kind of have to let them feel and be there and let them, if they need support, provide support, whether it's you, a counselor, um, getting them with other kids who are going through it too. Um, and, and I don't mean the crying too, you know, like don't just let your kid just become a crybaby. Like our kids need guidance. So spoken I'm, like I'm, a true dad. I'm clarifying myself <laughs> a little bit here. I'm walking it back a tiny bit, but I mean, really like it's all about getting our kids to feel emotions, but healthy emotions, letting them understand why they're feeling these way. Anger. What do you do with anger? You know, a kid gets angry, throws something, hits something like, you know, you don't just be like, oh, well, that's their emotions. We're just going to let them throw and hit things, you know? Like, no, you correct behaviors, but you also get them to understand why their behaviors or why their emotions are making them behave in this type of way or, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think it's really important with negative emotions that kids, adults, whatever, learn to channel them in constructive ways. And one thing you can do to help your kids is give them opportunities to... um Get their emotions out by exercising, karate, boxing, um, kickboxing, Hockey. all sports, anything that has, you know, physical, um, that provides a physical outlet for an inward emotion is really great because they will be able to use that their entire lives and exercise is healthy. Um, it art. Could be, it could be, well, yeah, art, it art could be is one a of those things way. that, you know, you guys can go on walks, you can go down to the park, I mean. Um, go hiking. There's, there's thousands and thousands yeah. of, of getting things. outside go to Disneyland. No. Yeah. And also really good. Like when you're dealing with anxiety and you're having a panic attack, it's like name five things that you can see right now. And you'd be like the door, um, the microphone, the computer screen, the cameras, oh. Eric's. Oh, but, I blacked out the screen for that part. Um, <laughs> and that brings you to the present. And you can do this, teach the same exercise with anger. You know, when you're feeling angry, you can tell yourself, name five things I can see right now. And when you do that, you kind of redirect your brain off that anger path. Um, and so I think there's a lot of things you can do if you can't get outside because it's winter, right? Art is really awesome. Push-ups are really awesome. Um, reading a book and escaping from <laughs> reality. I just, anything you can redirect your mind and that's for kids and for adults. So when you're dealing with grief too, and I know grief comes especially fast and hard when you're without your kids in the beginning and you're alone and you're missing them. The best thing to do is just to fill your time up, be busy, get a hobby, learn something new, go back to school, read a book, call a friend, you know, even schedule out your day. Like if you're a stay-at-home mom and you aren't going to a job right now and you don't have that distraction, um, schedule out your day. You know, from 8 to 9, I'm going to have coffee and catch up on emails. From 9 to 10, I'm going to get out and go for a walk. From 10 to 11, I'm going to call a friend. From 11 to 12, I'm going to make lunch or maybe start prepping for dinner. You know, 12 to 1, I'm going to go to the grocery store. And if you start scheduling out your day like that, um, you're constantly going to be thinking about what you're going to do next and it just kind of helps the sting go away a little bit so I think a lot of dealing with grief is just making sure that you're taking care of yourself by staying busy by staying active God is a huge thing too I don't want to disregard not everyone's a believer 
and that's fine. But I think that you have to believe in something greater than yourself and you have to live for something greater than yourself, you know? And so for us, you know, like for right now, not to get political, right? But 2020 and 2021 with all these political shifts and unrest that's going on and people are pissed about Trump and pissed about Biden and everyone's pissed at each other. Well, like, thank God my hope doesn't rest in either political party. You know, thank God my hope doesn't even rest in my own children or my spouse, right? Like my hope rests in God, right? I would, I would slip my wrists if my hope rested in any person, you know, because people will always let you down. Your kids are always going to want their other parent too. And that's, that on some level can be hurtful. So I think that, you know, if you can attach yourself to something greater, you know, um, and live for something more. I know when you were going through your divorce, you know, you had to hold on to like your kids. Like you couldn't go AWOL when I right. think everybody wants to run away because it's just fucking hard. But like you have, like your kids need you. Also, you like your life matters. Your life matters. My life matters. I'm going to hold up a sign. <laughs> Eric's life matters. You know what? But I'm I trying think- to get this joke in for like five minutes now, but I prefer ketchup on my hot dogs. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like five minutes ago when you started on this, you're like, ketchup on emails. I'm thinking, I prefer ketchup on oh. hot dogs. Anyways. That was so 20 minutes ago. I, yes, I've been waiting. I've been holding my tongue, waiting. <laughs> for that. Ketchup on hot dogs. I've been waiting patiently. <laughs> Why don't you read this? Okay. Um, How do you handle step-siblings that don't get along? One has a strict parent mm-hmm. and is five years older and the younger one is a baby of the family and tends to get away with more because of his age. We got a red flashing thing. Oh, come on, you guys. It's because <laughs> we started so late. We better hurry. Well, we, I'm going to put this on you. Camera. Or a new camera. <laughs> you read a new question. Um, stepless, okay, step siblings that don't get along. Here's the deal with step siblings and any relationship, right? You can't force it. So all you can do is expect respect in your home. I'm going to say that again. Expect respect in your home. Beyond that, anything's a bonus when it comes to like step siblings step parenting. I mean, that's like the best baseline. So you discipline and you reward based on respect. Um, And I think that that's where it needs to start. You know, if your bar is so high that we're having rainbows and sunshine and unicorns and pot, cotton candy for dinner. and that's Cotton candy. Is that a, a pot thing? And candy. It's probably a thing now here in California. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, But really like, also I think it's a big thing about adjusting your expectations. You know, if they're fighting all the time, um, we deal with fighting with my children. What was your advice to that? You gave like really good advice about this. Yeah. When we were on the walk the other day, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Well, what part of it, you know, like part of it is, you know, I don't want to step in and overstep my boundaries. And we've talked about this type of stuff before on here. Yeah. Um, but there's sometimes where 
you need to just be the hierarchy. You need to be the hierarchy over the kids and be like, it doesn't matter who started this fight or who ended this fight or whose fight it is at all. Like at the end of the day, you guys are going to respect each other. You're not going to fight. You're not going to argue. And because what ends up happening is one of the kids would start arguing. The other kid would get pulled into it. And then it was like he did this or she did that. And, you know, you'd shut it down. And then five minutes later, the the next kid would start in. And then it'd be like, well, see, they did this or, you know, and it's like, no, it, at the end of the day, you guys are going to treat each other with respect. You're, it doesn't matter who started it. Like neither of you are going to be involved in this. Yeah. So Eric was just like, I need, I need to shut it down. And it's your home. And if you want to have boundaries in your home because you don't want to hear fighting and it's disruptive, you know, you certainly should. Um, and I think that kids are welcome. I would tell my kids when they would have outbursts that they were welcome to go to their room and have all their feelings that they needed on their bed. You know, scream into a pillow, hit a pillow, pout, be mad, angry, make faces, scream. You do, like, you do you. Like, you need to go to your room and you need to go feel. And I think that's great. But it's disrupting our family time. And that's not okay. So you can go do that, take care of yourself. And when you have yourself together and you can come rejoin what we're doing, we would love to have you back. We will miss you. We love you. We wish it were different. So please come back when you're ready. And it made them feel like they didn't get in trouble. They weren't being punished. They were given an opportunity and and a space to go give, get out what they need to get out and then rejoin. And they feel like we want them to rejoin. So then that too is like, oh, dang, like they want me here. Well, I I better go fix it. And, you know, I only had to do that a few times. And then it was, it was few and far between when I have to do that. Like at first it happens a lot and then it's uninteresting to them. And then they just stop pushing those buttons. Right. Uh, To add to this question, two of the stepkids get along really well, but the youngest tends to be left out because the oldest and youngest don't get along. Is it silly to expect them to play with all three? And I think a lot of that comes down to the three is a hard number. And um, I'm sure it is in a in a blended family situation too. I feel like Julie and I were just talking about this because my son had a situation where he had a sleepover with a friend and then another friend came over and they had some debacle. And this was at the other house. So, you know, it, it I don't know all the details, but we were talking about it and it's like three is a hard number, you know, especially if there's age gaps or I feel like if there's age gaps, there's a hard time. If they're too close in age, it's a hard time. Three is just a hard number. Yeah. I mean, even when my daughter goes and plays with her best friend, our neighbor, you know, oftentimes my neighbor, um, her son will want to join in and he's younger than my daughter and her best friend and they hate it. Right. They, they want their are own time. so annoyed. Mm-hmm. They want their own time. They don't want a little, a, a younger boy tagging along and they just want to be able to talk about what they want to talk about and not have to accommodate him. And I think it's normal and natural. So I would suggest if you have a, a younger one, maybe having activities set up that he likes to do or, you know, having play dates or a neighbor friend that he could play with or she could play with and um, just make plan for that. If that's your family dynamic, then you need to help the five-year-old figure out ways to entertain themselves 
so that the older two can have a break, you know, and, and maybe they, there's boundaries set there where like an hour you can play with your older siblings, but then, you know, we're going to let them do their own thing because they're older. Explain that too. Like, I mean, a lot of times I've had to tell my daughter, like, listen, you're the only girl, they're boys, you know, figure something else out. Like they need their own space, their own interests. And that's just is what is. Um, and I know five is kind of a hard age to reason with. Kids, so is 12, but, but you still so get through 12. to me. <laughs> um, yeah. So Ashley has a question. I okay. just can't read that. Will you okay. read it? Yes. Um, my son and I haven't been to church in about three months. He asked to go back today, but I am on the fence. The reason I stopped going is because the guy I am dating's ex started going to the church around four months ago. <clears throat> I am scared. I will disturb her. Oh, her place of peace. What do I do? Mm. Well, have you voiced your concern to your guy you're dating? I'm just curious when you bring this to him and you say, hey, I'm not really comfortable going to church because your ex is going and Oh, I'm sorry. It's your son who wants to go. Right. <clears throat> well, I yeah, first I was thinking of I all, read that wrong, but no. No, okay. Yeah. But at first, I'd be interested to see if you've approached this with your with a man you're dating and see what his take is because maybe it wouldn't disturb her or maybe he doesn't want you, you know what I mean? Like maybe you'd have another way out and then you can explain that to your son. Um, and if it's truly an issue, find someplace else. <clears throat> well, that was, that was going to be my advice. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to be like, don't let someone else discourage you from religion, from believing, from doing what it is you want to do. And, and, and it can go so much further than that. You know, if you're like, oh, you know, I really like going to the gym, but my ex, my ex's ex goes there or my, my, my significance others goes there. My husband's ex goes there. My wife's ex, you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't let that discourage you from the ultimate goal of living a happy, healthy lifestyle. Maybe if, you know, they're set there and it doesn't look like they're going to be wishy-washy or leave, go find another place. So the same thing with the church, you know, if you're, if your ex is, no, sorry. Boyfriend's ex. Your boyfriend's ex is going there. Don't let that discourage you from living a life of faith and doing what you are called to do, you know, go maybe go adventure and find another place, maybe figure out what her pattern is. And, you know, if she always goes to the nine o'clock service, you start going to the 11 o'clock service. And yeah, it's a little bit of a, you know, working around and figuring out what you got to do. It's a little bit of work, but at the end of the day, don't let someone else control your life and your happiness. That's right. And, you know, maybe just try it, right? Try going and seeing what happens. You may not even run into her or see her. Or if you do, it's from afar. You don't have to go, like, hang out. I'm I'm like, yeah, there's so many people that go to our church that... I just met a couple that goes to our church the other day, and I'm like, I had no idea. Like, yeah, you kind of look familiar, but I've never... Like, I don't know you. I've never met you, you know? We've gone there a long time. Um, The other thing is, too, you know, patterns. Like, maybe she... Like, we're, we're creatures of habit. When we go into church... We always sit in our spots. Maybe she sits on the left-hand side of the church, always. General area, usually people are always in that same place. Maybe you sit in the other area. Maybe show up a little bit later and you leave a little bit early so you don't run into her in the parking lot, you know? Just get creative and 
at the end of the day, don't let this affect your faith and your worship and your happy and healthiness. Amen, brother. <laughs> That'd be super <laughs> weird if I was your brother. Okay, last question of the night. Thank the sweet baby Jesus, because this is a rough one, guys. Uh-oh. Started out rough. Oh, yes. 2021. <laughs> first podcast. Great. I mean, first and last. Um. <laughs> dealing Thank with you, the, Ashley. Dealing with the fear of losing your place in your significant other's life because they are about to have a child with somebody else. When you've come back into the picture and realize you're going to be a stepmom, all the feels and insecurities surrounding that in regards in regards to your partner. So this was an interesting situation, and obviously she wants to be, you know, anonymous. But basically, she had dated someone off and on, and on an off time, he got someone pregnant, mm. and they got back together for reals, for good. They want to be married, and they want to start a life together. But there's, when they weren't together, he got He's going to be a dad now. Okay, wow. So it's she's... A, it's a plot twist. I had I, I actually... Do you understand what While I'm you saying? were off camera, or while you were on camera, <laughs> I was off camera, I actually took the paper. I'm like, wait, am I hearing this right? Am I reading this right? Mm-hmm. That's not one you hear about often. So yeah, that is... Uh, yeah, but she's not mad. Situation. Like they, She's like, this could have easily happened to me too. Yeah. You know, I dated other people. show we were watching last night, and he found out she he had one of them pregnant, and then come House. to find out... Yeah, we were watching House last night, and he's got his one of like the interns or the younger nurses pregnant, and then he's been ducking his wife's call, his ex wife, who's now his wife, who might be his ex wife, but then it's now his wife. I think they're redating again. I don't know. House is a very interesting show if you've never seen it. And then at the show ends by him talking to his regular wife, who he's been ducking, and she goes, I'm pregnant. Not House, but one of the other characters. Now, and he's, now he's got he's gonna have two babies on the way by two different ladies. Why are you smiling about <laughs> that? Like, Look at do you see the like, twinkle what a in terrible, Eric's eye? What a terrible situation to be in. You're twinkling. I know. I'm thinking like, thank God that never happened to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Gosh. Um, okay, so so she's going to be a stepmom. And she's just, she's fine with it. She's, she's fine with baby mama. She's, there's not drama there, but she's So that's a blessing. Yeah. And she's fully like looking forward to having this baby during the summer when they're going to, you know, like she's. Interesting. But she's just feeling a little insecure that this baby is going to take her place in her significant other's life or that's kind of how she put it. So. What would you say to that? I don't like. Can men separate that out, child and spouse? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And the other thing is, you know, you have to not dwell on what ifs. You know, I mean, what if? You know, I I can name a hundred things. I was about to get like super crazy here, but I'm not going to go to my. Do it. No, I'm no, no, no. Because so it's not. It's not fair. But don't, <laughs> don't. Um, You're going to put seeds in her head. No, but that's what I'm saying is don't put seeds in your heads. Don't let doubt get a hold of you and get control of you. And don't um, don't hang on the what ifs, you know. Look at what's going on now. Like miracles are happening, you know. It, the miracle that you are all right with this and that things are getting along. And it, it actually like as you read out the story and you tell me more of the backstory of this, it's one of those things that's like, 
wow, this actually, for the situation it is, it couldn't be a better situation. Like, she's okay with this. She's happy about the baby in the summertime. You know, all these little things that you've mentioned, like, these are all little blessings that add up to, like, this might actually be a really good situation that, you know, yeah, it's, it's a little quirky, but at the end of the day, like, it's probably the best it could be. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that that's a really great point is not to go. He might have to go outside. I, um, why? He's already gone on my camera bag and I on know jacket he might be trying to get out. No, he's just a whiny little puppy. Our puppy is whining at the door. Um, but anyway, I think it's a good point to not let your head, your mind go down the rabbit hole of what ifs because you can talk yourself in and out of anything and everything. And the thing is, it's like no matter what, you can't control your significant other. So no matter how much worrying and insecurity, your insecurity is not going to change things for your spouse. Like your or your significant other, right? Your significant other is going to behave and handle and act upon and feel how they're going to. Well, you know what? And even having insecurities and doubts, that can actually almost play a negative effect, you know, because it brings down your mood. It brings down the tone. It sets a tone for your relationship that can almost cause more problems than it's worth. You know, if there's there's a, there's a hint of doubt in your, your voice or your demeanor, um, you know, or just everything that's going on, like the, you... You want if you're positive already about it, and there's nothing going on that you truly have to worry about besides these seeds of doubt that you've planted. Like, I don't, I I would just recommend leaving it at the door. You know, it's I mean, obviously we're gonna have our thoughts, but don't dwell on that and don't let that take over your relationship and turn it into something that was never there. That's right, and also understand the power of suggestion. Right. He might not even be thinking about something until you plant that seed in his head. And now he's like, oh, well, what if, you know, I know it's, it's the same with women and body issues, right? Like men don't even notice our flaws until we point them out. And then they're like, oh yeah, I see that giant zit. I didn't notice it before, but there it is. Well, yes, that thing is huge. <laughs> we just talk about things and Eric only talks about one thing. What's happened. <laughs> Um, but also, I mean, that's the power of suggestions, a real thing as well. Um, and so I would refrain from, I mean, it's one thing to uh, get brutally honest with your spouse, right? No, you cannot be brutally honest with your significant other. <laughs> Not this in this the, situation, this is the at least. <laughs> this is the lesson of the night. Yeah. You should be able to, but you can't. Oh. Duly anyway, noted. Duly noted. Um, but I just think it's, it's true that you need to, things are scary, but lean into them, right? Lean into fear. Another life coaching thing that we are talk about is that fear is excitement on pause. Okay. And what you need to do to get through your fear is unpause that pause button and let it play out and lean into it. And you'll find that you're excited. It's not fear. What if your pause doesn't button doesn't work? Then you're just fucked. Oh, geez. So it is part of just leaning into the situation, taking a deep breath and rolling with it, if that's what you're choosing to do. Now, there, there's not consequences, because I don't want to use that word, but there are things that are going to come up with you not being the bio mom and being a stepmom and not having kids of your own, that it's a, ch- it's a challenging situation. 
So if you can, it's, if you make that choice, you need to lean into it. That's my advice and not let your insecurities get the best of you. So when you're feeling insecure, what do you do? What do you do when you start down that rabbit hole? You redirect your brain to something else. You train your brain to think of something else the second it gets, you know, you're going down that rabbit hole. And it takes a hundred times, but eventually your brain won't go down that rabbit hole anymore. So. Great advice. Yeah. You guys hear that? I hear yeah, it. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> All right, you guys. We are the Blended Life. Oh, Thank barely. you for tuning in with us. I'm sorry it was such a rough start and rough go. We have a whole new setup tonight. And it's been interesting. So leave those likes. Leave those comments, you guys. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. I promise most of our, and eh, like two-thirds of our podcasts yeah. go a little bit smoother than this one. A little so. bit. Email, email us, write into us if you have questions or concerns or situations you want to hear us talk about on here. We love that. Um, we're sick of talking about us. We'd rather talk about you guys and what you have going on in your lives. All right, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We are The Blended Life, and Woo! we will see you guys next week. Hopefully. Hopefully. Bye, you guys. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.